Oh, Judas Priest! <laughs> you won't hear us playing Judas Priest, but you will be hearing an entertaining sports show with myself, Frank, and David the Man of God Harris on WSUT's After Further Review, airing Saturdays 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. and throughout the week with our replay 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. on Toledo's only alternative in your on-campus radio station, 88.3 WXUT. Oh, Judas Priest! <laughs> WSUT's After Further Review. I'm Derek Lawson here, and uh, guess who we got on the phone lines? The man, the myth, the legend, the busiest man in the profession. We've got Darren Cohn, the coach. And make sure you always listen to him on our podcast on 88.3 WSUT's After Further Review, either through SoundCloud or on iTunes. Make sure if you go into iTunes and we post it, give us five stars so this podcast can circulate throughout the basketball community and uh, we can get more listens. And I notice some people are rating it because we're getting more listens on our podcast. But once again, welcome in Darren Cohn, the coach. What's up, Darren? Hey, Derek. What's up, man? Thanks for having me on. Hope you've been well this spring. Yes, I have. I'm glad that the spring weather is is coming around. Uh, believe it or not. And with spring coming, that means it's the end of the uh, basketball season. Can you believe it, Darren? Oh, man, we got a few more days, and then it becomes the boringest stretch of the year for sports fans, in my opinion. Yeah, and well, not not really. Think about it. We got the NBA, and we got NHL hockey playoffs. So we got that going on to at least till June. But then when you hit that July stretch, is when for sportscasters like me, there's barely anything to talk about because it's in the middle of July. There's nothing going on. We got baseball in the middle of the season. No one really talks about the baseball all-star game. And then we might have to talk about the summer league, the, the NBA summer league. And then you try and gear up for NFL football. But you're right. It does get a little boring. Nothing on television. Yes, sir. That's when it's time to head to the beach. <laughs> yeah, if you like water, you know. And, and unfortunately, the AAF is, you know, now defunct. <laughs> you heard about that. <laughs> So, Darren, we're going to have you on here talking a little bit about high school basketball, your thoughts on that, uh, LeBron James and, the, I guess, the failed L.A. Lakers experiment, Zion Williamson and Duke, some people are saying it's a failure. And I think, what was the last thing I, I, I mentioned to you? Uh, oh, yeah, I'm getting older, so sometimes, you know, you, you end up forgetting things. Um, and the NCAA tourney, well, that's kind of mixed in with Zion. But high school basketball, man, uh, your thoughts as you go around with the, the BCSN. And uh, since you uh, are probably one of the best, I will tell you this, Darren, you are one of the best color commentators in this area because when you get on there, you actually do what a color commentator needs to do. You get every all the information you need to know about them, and you always have at least two or three tidbits that people don't know about each player. So... <laughs> Shout out to you, Darren, because I'm telling you, and nothing against some of the BCS and other color commentators, but there was an all-star game uh, this past weekend, and some of them didn't even know what schools some of the guys were going to. And I'm like, well, it's on Twitter. It's, you know, I knew that, but some of them didn't. But you, on the other hand, I was watching some of your broadcasts. I'm like, man, he must be really digging for that information. But once again, like I said, man, that's 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 impressive. Well, I appreciate it, man. I appreciate it. And, you know, I've been fortunate and blessed to, to work for multiple networks uh, in my career, both TV and radio. So, I mean, it's just about being prideful and doing your job. And, 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 and you, can, you, watch, you can watch games at any level 
and there's and there's guys doing TV that you, you, you can tell who's prepared and who's not prepared. But, um, you know, in any profession, if you're prepared, if you're prideful, uh, you're going to do your job and be ready to knock it out the park. So, but appreciate the kind words. And in terms of the high school basketball, I mean, this was, this was a, an exciting year at all levels in Northwest Ohio. Um, you know, it's, it's not every year that uh, at each level that there's teams that legitimately have a chance to, to win and advance deep into the state tournament um, as a team. And then we also had, you know, multiple individual players, um, you know, who are college level players. And that isn't, always the case in Northwest Ohio. So it was an exciting year and, uh, and it was a lot of fun to follow and watch. Some of the surprises that we had, especially in the division one start winning a district championship over Whitmer 31 to 30. I mean, that was a really epic game. I thought this year, the tournament was actually pretty impressive. Yeah. I mean, you know, little, little March madness, little March madness, or, or, or as I've been telling him uh, as a personal friend, I've been calling him Matt madness for Matt Wortham. I've been telling him we, we had some Matt madness here in the glass city, but, uh, but you know, the start Spartans had, had a team that, that uh, really came together and gelled and had great chemistry and, and really had a magical two weeks. They were clicking right when, when you want to be clicking and, and it's kudos to those kids. Uh, a lot of guys who overachieved and uh, and just got a lot out of their talents. I mean, they're tough and they're gritty. Um, and and you know, I, I I was telling someone this the other day because I I love all the all the hype and and attention that Matt Wortham's been getting on Facebook and social media. And now everybody's his best friend, and everybody knew he was the best coach in the area. But I want you to know because because you can pull this up. I told you two years ago that he was the best young coach that nobody was talking about in Northwest Ohio when, when we were talking about my high school basketball poll because he's a guy who's a student of the game and uh, and he really studies and is prideful. I mean, just exactly what I was talking about with the, with the TV. He's prideful about doing his job and being prepared and doing the little things to be successful that a lot of people won't. And it helps his team. It helps his coaching. And it's also helped his players buy in, uh, which allowed them to overachieve as well. So um, not not completely surprised. Uh, didn't expect the, the, the late run that they had. Uh, not completely surprised of what Start did and how well they played. Probably a little more surprised at some of the other teams that, that – that didn't take care of business to get to that point. Yeah, I wasn't surprised either. Uh, he, like I said, not to knock the kids. I tell people this all the time. I said they're not. If you, when you coach at a program like I did at St. John's and you see Division One to, to Division Three talent, talent, the guys on his team, they're not there. They're great high school basketball players, but there's a difference between the next level and being a great high school player, and I think they, they played very well. Um, and they knocked off some teams that people didn't think they were going to knock off some teams. But like you said, I wasn't surprised by it because he's always prepared, and I've watched his games over the last couple of years, and it's like – and I'd see some of the kids play at the local Y, and where he puts their kids at in his game plans are are pretty uh, good. And not to mention, I always seen him at games all the time. Um, he's always – he's very analytical. He's also a disciple of uh, Jeremy McDonald, who's also another uh, good coach in the area as well. So I, I wasn't surprised by that. But the talent that he had to get them all the way to the districts and win their first district title, I think, in school history is really impressive. And then now all three levels of his program also won the city league. So that's really a kudos to him. I might have to give him a little bit of this too. Yeah. An applause of building yeah. the program. It's, it's hard to get the whole sweep for sure. and. Um, you know, I think I think if you really look back at, it, I mean, there's there were multiple teams in this area who had quote unquote magical seasons this year. I mean, Northview had 
just an amazing run going undefeated forever. Um, Whitmer, same thing. I mean, they, they, they just like ran through everything at one loss for like four months, it seemed. Um, and then Cardinal stretch, you know, making it all the way down there, you know, to the big show. Um, and Mommy then Valley. Stuff, yeah. And, well, and Mommy, Mommy Valley had, 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 a, had, a, had a rough start, you know, at, at times early on. So I wouldn't say, I mean, I think they, they kind of did what they were supposed to. It was, it was sort of what was expected, but Northview, Whitmer, Start and Cardinal Stritch had really special seasons. I mean, they, they, you know, and not, and I'm not taking anything away from, from Maumee Valley or some of the other teams, but those four, um, you know, those, those are um, some of the best seasons that those four programs have ever had. Um, so, it, you know, it's, uh, it was, it's really a kudos to those players and, and those coaches. Yeah, that is, that is very true. The only reason why I mentioned Maumee Valley was because they, they ran into the bus off Crestview, Conview, or Conview, Crestview, uh, who ended up winning the states with the Etzler brothers. And th- those guys were the real deal. Um, but yeah, I, like I said, I wasn't surprised when they beat, you know, St. Francis, even though St. Francis beat them earlier by 20 something points, it, you know, when you play someone again, it's always kind of that revenge factor. Um, some people were surprised by Perrysburg beating St. John's. Was that a surprise to you? Um, a slightly, slightly. I mean, you know, I think, um, uh, you know, St. John's obviously had, had a very off year, uh, you know, it was a bit of a rebuilding year. And then they had, you know, some a lot of injuries early in the season, and they also had transfers sitting out. So it was sort of like the tale of two halves. They really struggled early, and then they, after Christmas they got it going. Um, but they still just weren't at that elite level at the top of the league. I mean, they 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 just they they couldn't compete with Lima Senior and Whitmer and uh, St. Francis. Um, so you know, they're 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 sort of that middle of the pack where uh, you know Perrysburg as well had a lot of injuries. Um, but kind of got it going there and, and really just were playing with great rhythm. I mean, you, you know, if you had told me they would have been the, the second best team in the NLL without a, without a point guard, um, you know, I, I, I don't know. I don't know if I would have totally, you know, be, believed that. But down the stretch, Sizemore played really well. Um, I can't think of the, 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 the thick power forward, but he played really, really well. Evans. Uh, and they, yeah, Evans, Evans, Preston Evans. And then they just got they, they, that the Riddle and Boros kid, are just as tough and, and, and as hu- filled with hustle as, as you can get. So when you, when you get to, you know, March Madness type style where, where you just got to be good for 32 minutes, um, you, know, you know, I wasn't totally surprised that they were able to win and advance that game. They not because they knocked off Northview, St. John's, and Riddle, their quote-unquote point guard, I believe, broke his arm and he was out. So they didn't really have a point guard except Miller who stepped up who, you know, some people would say he's not a point guard either. So what they did was kind of impressive, like you said, with not having a true point guard because Drew Sims, I believe, was supposed to be their true point guard and he had a football injury. Absolutely. Sims would have been the point guard for for sure. And then, you know, they were just kind of doing it by committee with with, with just guys that can handle the ball. Right. So that that was very impressive. On the girls' side, Zy Cook, back-to-back state champion, is she – maybe one of the best boys or girls basketball player to come out of this area? Uh, well, I mean, certainly from, from a female standpoint, I mean, you know, I, mm-hmm. we, we've had, we've had, uh, you know, three McDonald's all Americans, I believe, I believe it's three McDonald's all Americans ever from Toledo, mm-hmm. you know, two, Natasha Howard, Zaya and Jimmy Jackson. No, I believe William Buford. That's oh, William Buford. Buford. Yeah, that's right. There's four, two boys, two girls. I forgot about WB. Yeah. How did I forget about my guy? Yeah. But, uh, but but you know so just with that alone on an individual basis I mean it's it's hard to argue if, if you if you make it to McDonald's status 
um, that's hard. So, so with that alone, I mean, probably top four of all time. Wow, that's that's pretty impressive. Like I said, to win two state championships is pretty impressive. I will say though, there's there is there is hate though on them. <laughs> uh, I, I went to a, a coach's banquet and there was some people out there that didn't want to give them their their love. But I mean, I guess that's part of the gig. Sometimes you know, everyone a lot of people hate Duke or any other successful program. Absolutely, and it's you know it's 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 just on a one to one basis with it's human nature and that's people's individual insecurity and and when it's about a group or an organization it's just about jealousy so you know hate is a great compliment man it really truly is i know a lot of people don't always understand that but it's a great compliment as long as you're secure enough in yourself or as as your team you know with your team to not let it affect you last thing on the high school front any players impress you i mean you maybe top 3 uh, I know you do more of the boys. So any players that you said, oh wow, that 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 kid was a player. Um. Well, I mean, you know, I thought uh, obviously Eddie Colbert the third and um and and, and Mr. West over at Northview just had really special years, mm-hmm. and they were and they were uh you know commended as such. Um, I was really impressed by the freshman at Northview, uh, Neil, I believe is his name, that I just didn't know a whole lot about. Uh, beforehand but I, but I think he has a, a very bright upside um, and, and, and uh, Mr. Burton over at Cardinal Stretch and the, you know, the freshman had, at Northwood Northview yeah yeah they got a they got a freshman at that starts it, big with kid. all the seniors oh you uh, mean Craig the big kid Craig yeah yes, yeah yeah. It, yeah I don't know why I came up with Neil but yeah, Craig. yeah I, did, I, did, I thought he was really impressive and how he handled himself amongst that undefeated run mm-hmm. uh, with a bunch of seniors both, both how he was accepted and, and he and he contributed. Uh, so I thought I, I thought that was a, a very unnoticed accomplishment by that young man um, because he had to be solid and fit that role and not be a distraction or not be you know too immature or not ready as a as a as a freshman to go along for that ride and and it never hindered them. Um, so I was I was very impressed with him and think he's got a bright future. I, I love the season that, that Burton had at Cardinal Stretch because I, I really thought he kind of played above himself. And, and there were games where Anderson and Holyfield, you know, were off and Burton saved the day for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he, he didn't he didn't get a, as many of the accolades come into the season as those other two. And I thought Burton was was really good. He was he was steady Eddie uh, for that team uh, and, and really helped them out a special year. Um, and, and, you know, I don't know that he, that he reached his potential this year, but I was, I was really happy for, for, uh, Jackie Harris to be able to, you know, earn a division one scholarship and sign and commit to Oakland and, uh, you know, in his senior year, because he's a guy that not only I've worked with personally, but I know he's put in a lot of work, hard work and, and paid his dues, um, and their team, their team didn't, didn't have the season they wanted. And, and I, I even thought he could have been better individually, obviously, but you know he he is he did get a chance to to achieve the ultimate goal and as a free education at the highest level. Yeah, that is, that is pretty impactful. Talking about the next level, the NCAA tournament, it, it, I, I would say a good, exciting tournament. Great pick. I mean, the, I think the committee picked the teams pretty evenly. There was there was a few obviously there's going to be a few blowouts, but the, the games were pretty exciting throughout, and uh, we got a few teams in it that probably didn't expect to be in it are obviously Auburn Texas Tech um obviously Michigan State usually gets in once you know every two or three years with Tom Izzo and um and then you know what the other team I'm thinking about is I've drawn a blank to 
uh, Texas Tech, Auburn, Michigan State, and who's the other Virginia. team? Virginia. Virginia. Can't forget them. They actually bounced back very well from after being beat by a 16 seed last year uh, with, with Tony Bennett. But throughout this, two things. In the Michigan State-Duke game, is the, 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 I guess the one question is, did Duke basically fail this whole season with all the, the, the hype machine with the two great freshmen? And they had a third with Cam Reddish, but I really think the two – the guys that are going to be the one and two pick in the NBA draft is R.J. Barrett and Zion Williamson. Or was just Michigan State a little bit better with Tom Izzo? And the fact, since you're a coach and we had this topic a couple of weeks ago, uh, how was your feelings about him yelling at his players? Uh, oh, well, you asked a couple of questions there. So first off, um, this is where you got to decide if, if, if you're a coach or if you're a media guy. Because only a media guy would say that Duke season could even been a failure. I mean, that's just ridiculous. I mean, they had an amazing year. Mm -hmm. Um, They're playing with kids who were in high school last year, Mm -hmm. uh, picking out ugly pink prom tuxedos and that type of thing. (laughs) Uh, And, and, you know, and they, and they made it to the elite eight and had an amazing run with, 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 with some of the most, well, certainly at least one of the most unique players to ever grace college basketball. So of course, you know, it's easy to say, well, you should win it all, but only one team ever gets to win it all. True. You know, a few years ago, Kentucky had all five starters drafted in, mm-hmm. in the NBA, and they didn't win it all. I mean, it's it's hard to win six games in a row uh, against good teams when it's winner go home scenario, and 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 it just doesn't happen all the time. So, did I pick Duke to win? Yes. Did I think they had the the best chance? Yes. Uh, but if I was putting money on it and I'd take the field or Duke, I'd take the field every time because it's just really, really hard to do. So, um, you know, and at the end of the day, I mean, they, they could have lost in the second round. I mean, they, they basically had three games in a row that came down to the final possession, uh, give or take. Um, and, and, and they could have just as easily won that Michigan state game. Um, Mm -hmm. I, I, I think down the stretch, you know, I didn't, I didn't think they played great against Michigan state. Uh, and, and Michigan State, you know, made one big three with a former walk-on. I mean, it's kind of the difference. Um, but I think throughout the game, um, the fact that they had uh, just more veteran players, a little more battle-tested, uh, I think that, you know, that paid dividends. Um, you know, Tyus Jones is, is, uh, is really good. I mean, he's a really, really good point guard. But Cassius Winston is a really, really good point guard that's been through it a couple years. Um, and, and I think, you know, down the stretch, uh, when Cassius Winston made two, maybe three plays out of help side defense, not on the ball, but shooting gaps, getting a deflection and just being in the right help side spot. And not, not many of the national TV guys talked about that, but in the final five minutes, I think he had three steals just from position defense that turned into scores or scoring opportunities at the other end. And to me, that was the difference in the ball game. So was not surprised one bit that Michigan State won. Uh, wouldn't have been surprised if Duke won. Uh, but either way, um, it's there's 0% chance that any coach uh, or, or qualified uh, scout or analyst would, would call, you know, their season a failure. Oh, yeah, I know. Like I said, it's difficult. Like even the state tournament, it's difficult to, you know, win a district championship. People just don't understand how hard it is. I think people just got it. In, up into the hype and just wanted to crown them before they were getting crowned but they Absolutely. lost to it they lost to a great Michigan State team and I, I have a lot of appreciation for uh, Cassius Winston because the first time I saw him was when he played at St. John's for UD Jesuit and he didn't look like a hooper but that day I said I see why he's going to Michigan State made a guy fall 
I think he got like 20, 25 points on us and like 12 assists. I mean, it, it was something crazy. But And I did the broadcast for that game. Yeah. Oh yes, that's right. You did. You did. So yeah, but I remember for... that. I remember that game well because I'm very good friends with the uh, uh, UD Jesuit coaching staff as well. Yeah. So I like I said, I wasn't surprised by that at all. And plus, they just lost to a, a really great Michigan State team. Now I'm talking about Michigan State. You know, as as a coach, you know, I'm a coach as well. Sometimes you got to get on your players. But there was people, like you said, in the media that thought that he went a little too far in that game when they played Bucknell. Listen, those the people that feel that way are the people standing in line to buy tickets to watch the, us do our job. Yeah, I mean, sure. and that, that's the easiest way I can put it. I mean, you you get your Scott Van Pelt, you know, just play just play that that uh, interview he did. But you know, we live in a sensitive world that's full of soft people with soft feelings and and want to have soft responses. But and and you know, at the end of the day, uh, that kid didn't have no issue with it. His parents didn't have no issue with it. No one else on the team had an issue with it. You know, when you pick a coach, you know what you're signing up for. If if you couldn't handle that, you 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 know, Tom Izzo has been there for 20 some years. If you couldn't handle that, you had you knew that in advance. You shouldn't have signed up for it. But you know, the those people that that are that are keyboard heroes and and want to type and tweet and say that type of stuff are the same ones that are waiting outside two hours in advance to buy their tickets to come watch those people work. So, um, you know, that's, that's how I feel about that. You know, I'm old school and, uh, and I, I'm a big, big Tom Izzo, you know, fan and, and coach K is the same way. Coach K was all in people's face in that game down the stretch. Uh, you know, the, 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 the elite guys, the elite performers at some point, um, it, you know, it, it, it gets intense. And, and that's just the reality because 99% of humans can't push themselves to their maximum potential on their own and can't hold themselves accountable to, you know, a hundred percent accountability on their own. Most of us need, except for the very, very, very few elite need somebody else to help us or others to help us remain accountable 100% of the time or to push ourselves to a, a, a level of performance that we're capable of but oftentimes we can't get there on our own or may not even believe we can get there on our own. And that's just not in basketball. That's in any area of life. Um, you, you know, it's very simple when you study the greats, uh, the differences, they shine through really quick. Yeah, that, that is very true. Your predictions on the final four. Mm. I don't know, man. I, I, I really don't know. I, you know, Virginia obviously has got to be the favorite. I know, you know, they were the ones, they're the ones seed. They're the ones that are supposed to be there, yeah. but there's not, not not it would not surprise me if any of those teams won. Um, personally, I'd like to see uh, Michigan State or Texas Tech win just because they play more my style of basketball, both offensively and defensively, and pride themselves on toughness. So, uh, though you know, and, but they and play each those, other, don't they? Uh, yeah, and both both of those coaching staffs have have, have really good friends of mine on the staff. But mm-hmm. um, you know, but but you know, I love Bruce Pearl as well. He offered me a job uh, when I was twenty four years old really uh, so oh, a tidbit um, here he offered you a job at 24 was that when he's at tennessee no when i was the director of basketball operations at bowling green state university after my first year bruce pearl got hired at wisconsin milwaukee he offered me a job at milwaukee um and i turned it down um because i knew we were going to be really good that upcoming year and and we were going to have a chance to move and it worked perfectly uh mm-hmm. You know, we had a great season with Keith McLeod and Lenny Patella. 
and 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 my boss gets the job at West Virginia, and I get promoted and get taken to West Virginia, and everything looked like it was going to work out perfect, right up into the point where uh, Coach Doc has decided he was leaving West Virginia and coming back to Bowling Green, and then uh, like a month later or two months later, Bruce Pearl goes to Tennessee. So I was either going to be at West Virginia or Tennessee. And, you know, it couldn't have failed, right? And somehow I ended up at neither. But, uh, <laughs> that's, how, hey, that's, that's how life happens. Wow. That's how life happens. It's, it's so random. It's so random because I was like, you know, I, I feel like, you know, we're going we're gonna to be able to move a year sooner than if, at Milwaukee. But the guy, the guy that he hired instead of me um, went with him to Tennessee and was with him at Tennessee the whole tenure. Wow. That, that's, a, that's, a, that's a pretty cool story. I'm going with Michigan State. That's, that's just me. Um, like I said, I saw Carson Edwards pretty much carve up uh, Virginia, and then he really didn't have much help. So I think, you know, someone else could probably have a really good performance against Virginia but have a little more help, especially now with, 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 the, with the Final Four. Um, moving on to the pros for the last segment of this, about five more minutes to go. The Lakers, what happened? <laughs> or, or, or was this really, you know, predicted? It was like, okay, LeBron's going out west. It's a tougher division. You got a bunch of young players, and this is what was going to happen. Or was it was it just injuries? Was you know, no one accounted for injuries because some people say if no one got injured, Ball doesn't get injured, LeBron doesn't get injured in the middle of the season, they could probably be the fourth or fifth seed. Yeah, you know, I I I, I don't have a great answer. Um, I've I've been extremely disappointed in in the whole outcome, um, and not just about the wins and losses. But I thought it was coming together pretty nicely um, about a third of the way through the season. Mm-hmm. You know, they were they were in fifth place. They were playing pretty well. Um, the young guys were starting to contribute. You know, some of the veterans that they had that they had brought in there that I was wondering if they would kind of fit the puzzle uh, were, were doing a nice job as well. And it looked like everything was just going to be peaches and cream. If you really look back at it about, about uh, 25 to 30 games into the season. But when those injuries hit um, with LeBron, especially, and then Lonzo, um, they just couldn't find a way to win. Um, But then what, you know, that's explainable, but what's not explainable to me is when they became back healthy, how everything was just a disaster. I mean, it seemed like there was pretty good chemistry, and all of a sudden there was no chemistry. Everybody's pointing his fingers. LeBron's pouting. He's blaming people. Uh, he's he's uh, spending more time doing movies and TV shows and, and, and commercials than he is, you know, with basketball stuff. And it, it just became uh, as it, as, almost as if he became disinterested. Mm-hmm. Uh, it did, yeah. It so, seemed so like I, it. I really feel like, and, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not a huge LeBron guy, but I've always given him a lot, a lot of credit and respect for the, his professionalism and how he handles himself on and off the court. And I feel like he's had some very, very poor decisions um, this year in terms of his leadership. And I, and I feel like he's had some really lapses in, in, in his level of professionalism. And it's just, trickled down because you got these young little puppies staring at you with stars in their eyes. And it's just, it's just created a, a, a very toxic environment. Now, I don't know. I haven't been to LA since um, back in the preseason. So I don't know if it's, if it's a media portrayal. Um, Cause I haven't actually been on premises, but I talked, you know, I talked to people all week or every week who are. Um, and it just seems like the whole thing is pretty toxic. 
uh, and it's with, with it's 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 the players are split, kind of old versus new. The management's kind of got their issues. The coaching staff sort of on an island on their own. Uh, and I don't think it needed to be like that. So so yes, so far in year one, this has kind of been a bit of a disaster. Or I think the word you use was failure. But um, to me, it's just been like unnecessarily disappointing. And now you're just shutting guys down and this guy's not playing for the rest of the year. And that guy's not playing for the rest of the year. And it's kind of like, okay, well, what's the big picture goal here? Yeah. Um, I, I'm just really confused as to what's next step or where they go. Um, but if I was a Lakers fan or a player on the Lakers or a coach for the Lakers, I'd be really, really concerned. Cause it's, uh, it's, it's, um, I don't know. It's, it's, it's as, it's as bad as a, as a couple of years ago, we were talking about Philadelphia 76 was like how much turmoil they were in. This is, this could go really bad in a hurry, you know, cause ultimately LeBron holds the key and he, and he can leave whenever he wants, right. um, you know, so, or they could trade him. I mean, it's been mentioned. Jeannie Buss might say, you know what, you're older. Uh, we have to accommodate. You have to accommodate for him. I mean, it's, it's almost has, it's almost Cleveland repeated. You got to get the coach that he likes. You got to get players that he wants in there. And then not to mention, but think again, the Lakers have pride. I mean, they're a brand. I mean, they're the Lakers. They're not Cleveland, like, desperate for anything. But you're right. I watched a game against the Knicks, and it did seem like it was young guys – kind of split with old guys they, they were having fun when he wasn't on the court and he was on the bench and it was the younger unit they were out there cheering for each other they're out there having fun you see when Lance crossed over uh green even though he stepped on his foot they're all you know JaVel McGee and all of them are having fun and it just seems like LeBron's just disconnected from them and you and like you said we've been in the game for a long time you can read body language you can just look and see like something's not something's amiss here and that's what it seemed like to me there's there's something amiss there that is just not clicking and I think I think really Walton's a hell of a coach but maybe him and, and LeBron's personalities don't mix and you know you know what I mean you get that thing in the NBA where the superstar and the coach don't get along that's that's really a bad toxic relationship then yeah and, and you know you don't have to be friends but you got to have a high level of respect but at, at this point in his career I don't know if any coach gets along with LeBron right the only coach the only coach that you could you know quote unquote say got along with LeBron really was a puppet that got hired to stand there and LeBron coached, you know, so, um, but the lesson here is here, 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 here's my, my life coaching plug. Here's my life coaching plug for all players. Life high school lesson, level, life college lesson level. plug. Huh? Yes. Okay. Yes. For, 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 for every little knucklehead that's sitting at home pouting about how his season didn't go well and he didn't get enough shots and the coach this and the coach that who's thinking about transferring high schools or switching junior colleges or switching, you know, transferring colleges. The lesson here is it's not the life's not always greener on the other side of the fence, even, even for the greatest player in the world. And he may not be the greatest player in the world anymore, but he certainly was the greatest player in the world when the, when the, when the, when he made the move. That's our life lesson music. That's why when you said a life lesson, we usually have a segment on this show. I'm like, man, how does he know about the life lesson segment on the show? <laughs> so usually when we're, when we're having a life lesson segment, we have the joy of painting uh, theme. And that's really, that is a life lesson. I just don't understand with LeBron and his cachet and stature, why can't he get along with coaches? We know that you're intelligent. We know you're still one of the greatest bastards. You know, I don't think he's the greatest right now. Maybe one of because he has gone down a little bit of a notch. Why can't he just come 
and be complimentary with the coach? Why is it that it has to be hit? You know what I'm saying? It's just weird like that. Well, I don't, I don't, I don't blame him though. And this, this is going to be a, a weird answer for you, okay. but I don't, I don't blame him because the biggest problem is, is nobody since he's been 15 years old has told him no. And, and I think you and I maybe have talked about this before offline, but the biggest reason why the Miami Heat were successful with him is because Pat Riley was was running things behind the scene. Pat Riley was the backbone that said, listen, you're going to work with Spolstra because Spolstra's not going anywhere. True. Because because otherwise Spolstra would have been ran out of there faster than David Blatt. True. But, but Pat Riley had the backbone to say, no, this is the way it's going to be. And, and I don't know that at, 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 in Cleveland and even L.A., I don't know that that's happening. I don't know that it isn't, but I don't know that it, that it is. And I knew for sure that's what was going on in Miami. And the other thing is, you know, Pat Riley, the, one of the reasons that Udonis Haslam and, and Jawan Howard's career were extended so long because LeBron respected them and they would bow up to LeBron and tell him when he was wrong. Like, Jawan Howard played for like, Four more years past when he yeah, should have retired. Yeah, true. You know, he he was he was literally like LeBron's paid life coach in a uniform, mm-hmm. uh, and, and and Udonis Haslam was one of the toughest players. You know, he's like the modern day Charles Oakley, and nobody was saying nothing to UD. Right. True, <laughs> that is very true. So and 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 there's no there's you know so so LeBron couldn't punk them, and and everybody in Cleveland and everybody in LA, LeBron can punk. Right. Uh, yeah, so until until there's you know that respect level or a toughness level where somebody can check him when he's wrong cuz we're all wrong at times. Yeah. We're all wrong at times. But if you get to if you get to uh, be right even when you're wrong, then eventually you start to take advantage of that. And I think that's sort of what we're seeing. Oh, wow, another life lesson tidbit there from uh Darren Cole. And you're right, that you're right. I am Spolstra's... for hire. I'm I, I'm I'm global, man. I'm for hire. <laughs> you're right. Spolstra's still there and Spolstra's a hell of a coach and he wanted Spolster gone and Pat Riley said, No, you better sit there and figure it out and they figured it out with two championships, getting there four straight times, so uh, you know, like I said, it, it it's gonna I thought the Lakers though would stand up to them because it's the Lakers. But it seems like maybe they just after Doctor Bus died, I guess there's no one there that has the backbone to stand up to some of these players, or at least make some good decisions on player personnel. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's just a tough business. It's a it's a very tough business. There's a lot of moving parts, and you know, one of the biggest differences between the college and pro level, and and they both have their pros and cons, but. You know, at the pro level, your coaching staff, for the most part, you know, don't have a whole lot of say of their playing of the players that show up and the management, you know, management gets to bring in the players. And, you know, if there's not a great relationship there, you see it all the time where managers bringing in one type of players, but they don't fit the style that the coach, you know, the coaching is. So, you know, it's, it's very rare when you see, you know, the, the San Antonio Spurs type of scenario where they're in complete unison of we're bringing this to fit this and everything's always, you know, everybody's both feet in on board with decisions that that we agree that we think it's gonna you know be a good fit yeah that is so what's what's up next for you uh, coach a nap no <laughs> 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 uh, on a roll know, today <laughs> yeah you know i mean i'm going in a lot of different directions so you know just just, just trying to keep my head above water brother okay and then you said this is 
are you looking at the draft now? Because I know at this point, the college season is winding up. You're doing, I think you do trainings, right? And then basically the young players like John Morant just is going to declare going to the draft. You start working with players that are looking to go to the pro level, right? Yeah, yeah. So, so by by this point, for the most part, my my you have a uh, the ninety percent of your draft stuff kind of done for the teams. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, and then right before the draft, there's a, a little bit more of a rush after the combine. Um, but right now, it's I get just in, it just hammered by uh, teams, players, coaches from around the world who probably aren't going to make the NBA mm-hmm. and are trying to get to the summer league or the D league or the right agents or the right camps or which country. Um, like last night I was talked to two coaches on Skype from Kosovo. Um, I was talking to a player from Germany. Um, you know, and I was talking to a big agency out of North Carolina, who's trying to sign a player who's originally from Ohio. So it's just a lot of that, um, recon, relationship building, connecting the dots for different people, trying to fit pu- the puzzle pieces together. So it's always, it's always something uh, around the the little orange round basketball, but um, a lot of different things in different directions. And then you got people, everybody's trying to get a job right now. So you know, text messages here and phone calls, and can you can you help me with this? Can you give me a recommendation or what What do you know about this guy? Uh, you know, can, can you send me this guy's phone number? I mean, it's just always something. There's just constantly a transfer of information uh, regarding jobs, players, opportunities, coaches, scouts, something. So, so the basketball is like the world. It's all eternity. Uh, some, sometimes I'll have a game playing on the TV that I'm trying to watch, and I never get to watch it because I have a highlight video going on my phone and I'm watching a, a foreign game or a European game on my laptop. And then I got different things coming on my iPad and I have it all like on my couch as I'm sitting here, if I'm at home or on my bed, if I'm in a hotel room, it, it, it's sometimes it can be a little counterproductive and I just got to laugh at myself and turn one of them off. Wow. Dang, that, that's, that's crazy. Well, you know, basketball is them hoop dreams, baby. Yeah, that that (laughs) is true, man. Well, once again, Coach Cohn, thanks so much for calling in and giving us that school. You always give us a tidbit, just like your color commentary. You're always giving us a a tidbit of something in in the coaches' world that a lot of people don't know about. Got to make that impact, my man. All right, man. Thanks a lot, man. All right, Derek. Later now. That was Darren Cohn, the coach calling and always giving you that great information for you here on 88.3 WGT's After Further Review. Hope you guys enjoyed this podcast with them. We'll be playing it on the show. Had to get it taped a little bit earlier. So uh, make sure you go to WGT After Further Review on SoundCloud or on iTunes. As I mentioned before, when it's on iTunes, make sure you hit give us five stars so then the podcast can circulate out there in the podcast world. There's so many podcasts out there. But I think we have some of the best segments on our podcast here. This is 88.3 WGTs. After further review, we'll return more with me, Frank, and David.